Hey guys, welcome to another Ask Zach episode. I'm Zach Childs. So I had another episode that was all queued up and ready to go, uh, talking about a Danacaster guitar of mine. And then I realized that uh, January 17th is the one year anniversary of Reggie Young's passing. So uh, Reggie was a huge guitar hero of mine uh, and to many others. And I found that out in the True Tone Lounge and interviewing guys. You'd hear Brent Mason or Steve Warner or John Leventhal, uh, all sorts of cats, you know, talking about the importance of Reggie Young and his playing. Uh, they just enjoyed his playing in it and was a huge influence on them. Reggie had such a prolific career. And, you know, a lot of times you can wonder why. And a lot of times you can think, well, it was just because he was a great guitar player. Well, he was. He was a stellar guitar player. But also, he was the kind of guy you wanted to spend time with. So if your goal is just to hire a great guitar player, there's a lot of great guitar players, especially here in Nashville or L.A. or New York. Uh, but if you wanted a guy that was not only a great guitar player who played great parts, but he was also very humble and sweet and wonderful to be around, Reggie Young was at the, you know, pretty much the top of the list. And uh, he had such a vocabulary on the guitar. And, you know, he had this background of playing, you know, R&B music and playing country music and playing pop music. You think about a guy that played, you know, when I was doing that little intro piece, you know, you had Son of a Preacher Man you had uh, Memphis Soul Stew, you had uh, Suspicious Minds, and then uh, Drift Away, which is kind of, uh, if you had to pick one tune, which would be a, a miserable thing to do, but if you had to pick one tune uh, with Reggie's playing on it, that would be the one to pick. So that's why we're doing this, uh, to, uh, to celebrate Reggie and his great memory and all the great things that he played on. Uh, I think about, uh, you know, the first time I heard about, about Reggie, of course I had heard his playing before, but I didn't know his name until there was this uh, country musician's book uh, that came out. And uh, so this was uh, done by Guitar Player Magazine back in the 80s. And this, of course, you know, pre-internet, uh, they would uh, recycle older content that was important uh, in, the, in these books. And so the Guitar Player Magazine would periodically do these books, and this one was great. It had a, a, a segment on, on Reggie. I saw it, and I saw some of the people that he had played with, and I was, I was impressed. And then I found uh, some other you know, articles. The, the thing that really started to make me even more interested was in this issue of country guitar, of course, with a, uh, here you have Travis Tritt with a, beautiful mullet. Uh, oh, that's, that's beautiful hair. Any woman would be happy to have that hair. Uh, sorry, I'm giving, if Travis Tritt is watching, I apologize. So, but there was a uh, article on, uh, on Reggie and, and the writer of the article was John Jorgensen. So, uh, here's the little, the little spread. Oh, old Reggie with his 69 Telecaster kind of lounging across one of his road cases. Uh, and uh, great, great article by, by John. Uh, John had a, a, 
a career doing uh, you know, interviews in guitar magazines in kind of the late 80s, early 90s. And he, did, of course, did great work because he's such a phenomenal player. So in this, I found out about, of course, Reggie playing on things like, uh, oh, uh, the Merle Haggard stuff, like, I think I'll just stay here and drink, and that's the way love goes. And I found out about, uh, about him not using the point of the pick, but using kind of the, uh, the other end, the rounded end of the pick to play with. And I found out, you know what, that does make a difference. It does give a, a, a smoother sound. And so I started doing that in the, in the early 90s uh, from listening to him. And of course, you, know, you hear things like Reggie's volume pedal work, which Reggie was using a volume pedal back in the early 60s, which was way ahead of his time. You know, hardly any guitar players, especially session guys, they didn't use volume pedals. But as er, you know, as by the early 60s, he was using one. And at the time, he was playing a, a Gibson ES-345. And he had disconnected the veritone switch, which, of course, is that big honking switch that has all this circuitry to it to make the guitar sound very different out of phase and other sounds. And uh, he had had that removed, or at least decoupled electronically and he used a volume pedal and a standale amplifier and that's what he used when he was uh, opening for the beatles with the bill black combo and the beatles saw him playing and they loved his playing and you know george harrison was asking him about his sound because he loved the sound of that standale amp with a 15 inch you know jbl speaker and he loved uh, the string bending and such and the volume swells and things that Reggie was doing even back in the early 60s and was using an unwound third string, which the Beatles were not. They were still using a wound third string instead of a plain one. So, uh, yeah, and I love, you know, his, his volume pedal work, you know, very influential, you know, just... The he would do harmonics with it, you know. course and that was something also that uh, Larry Carlton was doing uh, out in LA uh, but Larry started using volume pedal after well after Reggie was not saying one was an influence on the other I think uh, both of them were influenced by steel players I think uh, uh, Reggie was playing with a steel player that used a volume pedal and uh, Larry Carlton played a, a session with Buddy Emmons and uh, started using a, a volume pedal so you know, Reggie always had a great sound. Uh, he always, uh, you know, he always fit in, always played uh, great little parts. Uh, you know, I've kind of replicated uh, his sound somewhat today as best as I, as I can with the gear that I have. And so I have, uh, I have a script logo MXR Dynacomp from the 70s and I have a sparkle drive and uh, I've also got a volume pedal. I've got a Boss DD2, and I have a, a, a TC Electronics Chorus pedal because, uh, you know, Reggie used the, the TC Chorus a lot, uh, especially in the 80s when it was during the era of Chorus. And, uh, yeah. So, yeah, people hired Reggie because he was a great guy and he was a great guy to work with. I... Uh, first contacted Reggie in the early 90s. I was a Belmont student and 
I had made a demo of my playing on one of those short cassettes that had just enough space on each side for one song. And on one side I had an up-tempo and the other one I had a ballad. And I contacted Reggie and he took my call. And he told me, I asked him if I could send him a demo of my playing. And he said, absolutely. And he gave me his address and he said, send it to me and then give me, uh, you know, about a week or two so I have enough time to listen to it and then call back. And so that's what I did. He gave me great feedback and he was very honest. I asked him about, how did you get, how did you get your start in the uh, session career? And he said, uh, I don't know. It just happened. And then I asked him, what kind of guitar and amp should I play? And he said, well, you should play what you're comfortable with. And <laughs> such honest answers, never saying do what I did or play what I played. And, uh, yeah. and, and through the years, he helped me with, with some uh, vintage guitar Ask Zach questions that were in print where I was having trouble identifying somebody from the Muscle Shoals uh, from a video. And it ended up being an early shot of Eddie Hinton. And uh, he helped me with that. And then I got to do a, uh, a feature on his Forever Young album for Vintage Guitar Magazine. And then we did the uh, True Tone Lounge episode with him that was three parts. And I'm going to be real, real honest here. It was, it was a little bit of a, a, a struggle for me to, uh, to, to show my hero as an old man and he was he was an old man and he was his health was deteriorating and uh, but I knew it was the I knew we were supposed to do it but it's still you know because he's you know your guitar hero and uh, you, you you know you I wanted to see him uh, like he was when I met him you know in the 90s and such but I was really glad we did it uh, it was and of course a lot of it or it had everything to do with his wife Jenny who uh, who made it happen and who was very kind and uh, yeah so uh, I want to take you know just a, a look at it at like drift away and uh, and talk about like the the different things that he did on that song well first off I asked him I said Reggie you know was that something that you came up with right on the spot and he said no he said the intro to Drift Away was something that he had been working on as a as an instrumental. And so it was only on the session, you know, in Nashville in the early 70s, that he realized that, that the what he had made up for his own song would work as the intro for for this tune uh, by Mentor Williams. And uh, yeah, and it worked. But then everything else was, you know, was ad-libbed. So, so you have the first part of the song, which was played on the Les Paul Deluxe, which had many humbucking pickups, which of course I'm playing a Telecaster today. Uh, and he doubled it and it made it sound like chorus because there were no chorus pedals per se at this point. So I'm using the TC electronic chorus pedal to kind of play the, uh, play the intro. So you have the... that kind of thing then you have you know the the fills that he plays on the on the verse the
which are all kind of classic R&B, you know, fills. I mean, it's a textbook on, uh, you know, great R&B guitar playing. And then you have what he plays in the chorus, which was not done on the Les Paul Deluxe. It was done with his 69 Black Telecaster, uh, Black Tele Custom with the binding. And that's where you get the great things like the... Great part. And then you have the, the ending, which I'm not sure if that was the Les Paul or the Telly, but it was through a Garnet Herzog. And uh, because I was asking him when we were looking at the Garnet, which was this tube preamp thing that was to, to create overdrive. And uh, it was developed for Randy Bachman because he was trying to replicate the sound he got at the, at the beginning of the Guess Who's American Woman. So he, he had had this uh, Garnet uh, create this Herzog device and Reggie got one and he started using one by the late 60s and uh, he, was, he was definitely using it on the, the tail end to drift away. So all the stuff during, you know, in the, the uh, final chorus and the outro of the tune is the, the Herzog. So another interesting thing about Reggie was Reggie was a bit of a minimalist, and this will make uh, fans of uh, Keith Williams' 5 Watt World uh, happy. He basically played two guitars for, for a lot of his career. Now, early on, he played a 345, and then he started playing a Telecaster about 1966. He had a maple cap Tele, kind of like this guitar. This is a 67. His was a 66, so it would be similar finish, obviously maple cap neck. Uh, but his had the uh, Transition Gold logo, not this black CBS logo, and it had Clues and Machine Heads. Uh, but otherwise, it would be basically the same as this 1967 telly of mine. So he also had some, some of Chip's, uh, Chip's Moman, had a couple guitars that he used, and of course he was famous for using the uh, Scotty Moore Super 400 on the Elvis stuff that was cut in 69, like Suspicious Minds and in the ghetto and, and, and that stuff. Uh, and then he traded in his 66 Telecaster like this for that 69 Tele that he played from then until his passing. Uh, after his period of time uh, in, uh, in Memphis and then uh, a very short period of time in Atlanta, uh, he moved to Nashville, and soon after moving to Nashville, he got a 57 Strat. So, uh, and those were kind of his main tools from then on. I mean, he used some other guitars every once in a while, but that 1957 Stratocaster and that 1969 Tele, those were his main guitars. And he also, he was a huge fan of the Deluxe Reverb. And so today I've got one, uh, and, and he used uh, Celestian Vintage 30s, which... I, I liked because of J.D. Simo, and so then, of course, it was a, a boon, you know, to find out that uh, Reggie liked him, too. So, yeah, so he was a bit of a, a, a minimalist. Of course, during the 80s, he had to use more rack stuff and things like that, but he was basically a Strat, a Tele, a Deluxe Reverb, and a couple of stomp boxes. That was his sound, and uh, what a great player. What a great guy. Uh, his funeral was really interesting. Uh, of course, not many funerals do you have uh, B.J. Thomas and Steve Warner and uh, Jesse Coulter you know, singing at them and, and Will McFarland. And, of course, the uh, congregation was full 
of a who's who of the, the great guitar players in Nashville and Muscle Shoals. And uh, it was interesting to hear the people uh, talk about him. It was very interesting to hear his family talk about him and his family talk about how uh, they wanted to preserve Reggie the man because they were proud of Reggie the musician, but they, uh, they really wanted people to know what a great guy he was. And those that knew him know that he was a great guy. Uh, so there it is. Thank you uh, for watching. I've created a Spotify playlist on you know what I think are Reggie's you know best tunes. Uh, it's a little bit heavy on Merle Haggard stuff because I just really like that, and a lot of the Merle Haggard stuff is actually a Strat and not a Telly. Uh, you know, if you if you listen to it with an open ear, you can hear things like Leonard and uh other songs and you can tell it's a, it's that stratocaster sometimes it's the out of phase thing and sometimes it's the middle pickup or neck pickup you know through a dynacomp and into a fender amp with the volume pedal so uh take a gander uh please subscribe uh we're going to start taking questions so we can really make it ask zach so uh my email address we're going to put up on the screen uh, at the tail end. And so please start sending me in questions that we can answer uh, on the future episodes. Please subscribe. Please hit the bell. Please comment below. Please share it with others. And I just want to thank you so much. And I hope you have a great week. God bless you.